The scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 23. And I don't know that this, is hap- this happens very often, but as a congregation, we have already read and declared the scripture. How's that for a, a welcome for our, our preacher this morning? The whole community has read the scripture that he's going to preach on. Uh, I will read it again because it's, it's that good. Uh, I pray that, that the familiarity of this verse um, won't, be in, won't stand in the way of, of the new insight that the Lord would bring through um, Michael this morning. So, that said, this is the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Uh, my name is Michael Whittem, and I work for a, a college ministry in town, Reform University Fellowship, and I work uh, at Johnson & Wales, which is just down the road from here in Uptown. Uh, and so if you're ever in the area, I'd love for you to stop by and uh, say hi, see what we're doing. Uh, RUF, just as a, a bit of a background, is uh, it's the campus ministry of uh, this denomination's church. Uh, and so in a very real sense, I work uh, for this church, going out and uh, working with college students and bringing them into places like Christ Central. Um, and so whenever they leave college, uh, they, they don't step away from the church, and they, they stick, stick around places like this church. And uh, I've been with RUF for a year now, and I love my job. I love lots of things about what I get to do, preaching to students every week, leading Bible studies, but one of my favorite parts of my job is getting to sit across a table from someone and listen to their stories. Uh, stories, I think, are uh, sort of the lifeblood of who we are. We, we can believe many things. We can have abstract ideas about how the world is or even how we are. But when we tell our stories, when we relive our stories, we see what we really believe. We see our faith in action. We can look back over our life, and we can say, I've always thought that I was this type of person, but the stories that comprise who I am as a person actually says something different about who I am. And as I sit across a table from these students, listening to their stories and trying to insert the gospel as much as possible, I I start to see little slices of humanity uh, that we as, as a culture miss a lot of times. I think part of that is that college students are in a place in life where they're willing to open up and be vulnerable in a way that many of us, as we get older, stop being willing to do. And so I I can sit across from a student and and hear their hopes and their dreams and, and dreams that have been broken 
and how they're living in, in light of those broken dreams. And as the story continues, oftentimes it becomes darker, and there are parts of their story that they haven't told to many people, that they're ashamed to have happened. And it's, it, it's at that moment that the gospel really hits us. It's in those dark places of our story that we realize that we can't do this on our own. And so as we even think uh, individually about the story that God has put us through, a lot of times we might be scared to sit across a table from someone and talk about how every morning when we get up and go to work, we feel inadequate. We feel like we shouldn't be there, and we're just sort of waiting for the other shooter drop. We're waiting for, for our boss to figure out that we don't know what we're doing or why we were even hired in the first place. Or, or maybe we, we feel like uh, we, we've, we've spent months applying for these jobs, and nothing's coming through. And the hardest part of our day is to wake up and look at the mirror of someone that we just believe is a failure. Or to wake up every morning to walk into the living room uh, and see the children that we have disappointed. Because we feel like we don't know how to raise children that will love the Lord, and we just feel like we're ruining them. And it's in these moments of despair, it's in these moments where our story comes to this pinnacle that Jesus, that God in his mercy has sent us this text and says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my, they're such beautiful words. And, And God has sent us this text to people whose stories are broken whose stories are not the way that we thought they would be. They haven't lived out like the fantasy that we had when we were children of growing up to be the fireman or the lawyer, the person who comes in and saves the day. They've been marred and messed up by ourselves and the world around us. And it's, it's not until we submit to Jesus as our shepherd that we will ever find rest. Because the reality is, we need to believe in someone who is greater than us, who is leading us in places that we need to go, in places that we can't even get ourselves to, to find rest. We'll never rest until we understand that God. And that is the God of the Bible. That is who's presented to us in Psalm 23. A God who wants to give you rest from your worries. So simply, why do you want a good shepherd? You want a good shepherd because you want to rest. You do. We all want it. And the only way that we can rest is by having a good shepherd who who cares about us deeply enough to know us, who is strong enough to lead us, and who will protect us. And that is the God who is presented in Psalm 23 and the rest of the Bible. So so first, let's look at who the good shepherd is. And first we see that the good shepherd knows his sheep. God knows who you are. He cares about you and I enough to condescend down to this earth to know you. 
to come and get inside your story, to shake things up, and to actually lead you where you need to go. Even though it doesn't feel like it most of the time, when we understand who God is, we know that he cares about us enough to know us. I mean, think about what the job of a shepherd. He sits in the field all day, and he watches the sheep. He just watches them in order to know when something is going wrong. Most days when a shepherd is watching a sheep, probably nothing is going on, right? He's watching them, and every day he's seeing what is normal, so that when things aren't right, he recognizes it, and he can step in to help. It's a picture of intimacy between God and his people. And, and this intimacy is something that we all want. I mean, you know that. That's, it's why uh, all growing up, Disney movies have the storyline of the princess who wants to be rescued. The storyline of, of the man who, who comes in and, 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 and takes his bride. We want that intimacy. I mean, it's why... Uh, so many uh, are on dating websites and are, are desiring more than anything else to be married because we are hardwired for intimacy. And that intimacy comes first in the picture of God being intimate in the Trinity, but next, God actually condescending down to us to know us. We want to recreate that intimacy because we were first known by God. So you want a good shepherd because he knows more about you than you do. And that means he actually knows what you need more than you do. Not only does God know you, this text also shows us that we are to know God. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's why Jesus in John 10 Uh, talking about the good shepherd, shows both sides of this relationship. He says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. So you want rest? Come to Jesus. Begin to study the word. Pray. Know the Lord. Come and and start Bible studies, and, and be involved in community. Jesus wants us to know his voice above all others. You know, when I was growing up, my dad had this whistle that I'm convinced is just like this dad whistle. I don't know if your father's ever had it, where he takes his two fingers and and puts it in his mouth, and it's this shrill whistle that you could hear for miles. And most evenings, when my brothers and I would be playing outside, he would step out on the porch, and he uh, he would whistle... And we'd know that it's time to come in for dinner. And that was, it was good and well, but uh, it really came, came in handy when my family and I went to the state fair. If you've ever been to a state fair, you know that there are, there are hundreds of people everywhere. There are all kinds of distractions that can draw a six-year-old in any number of directions. And so as my family was going through uh, me and my, my six-year-old self uh, was distracted by the smell of the, the deep-fried Oreos and, and the Twinkies and the lights of the carousel. 
And it wasn't too long before I realized I was lost. I didn't know where I was going, and I didn't know how to, how to find my family again. There's there no one there to help. And above all the noise and the smell and the distraction, I hear the shrill whistle of my father. I say, oh, that's his voice. I'm not lost anymore. I actually, I feel safe. Not because I uh, have any, any new, newfound confidence in myself, not because I, uh, I gain some ability to know what to do or where to go or how to find safety, but because I know my Father and He is good and He is there to protect me. When we know the Father, when we know what He promises and what He offers, we can find rest. We can find rest. A lot of times, uh, we, we trust everything other than God. Right? We, we think that, that God plus a healthy bank account equals rest, or God plus job security equals rest, or God plus a, a, a good family relationship equals rest. And Jesus tells us that it is in Him and Him alone, in knowing Jesus and Him crucified, that we can find rest. So you want a good shepherd because you want to be known and you want to know him. Second, the reason that you want a good shepherd and the, the good shepherd gives you rest is because the good shepherd leads his sheep. He doesn't just know us, he leads us. Verses 2 and 3 say, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Again, David gives us a picture of rest. The shepherd gives the sheep what they need. He leads them beside green pastures and still waters. He's not taking them uh, by stale waters and brown pastures. In order to rest, you have to believe that God is leading you in good places. That God is leading you to places that you want to go. And that is for your good. Places that, uh, verse 3 say, make you righteous, make you holy, make you love God more, look a little bit more like Jesus. Sometimes we feel like we are out on a limb and, and God is just going to saw it off and we will fall. We feel like God is maybe out to get us. And we fail to believe that God is leading us down green pastures and beside still waters. I mean, you all know experiences where it's, it's hard to doubt that God is really leading you in good places. Our families struggle financially. We have relationships that we, we put all of our eggs in that basket and they've fallen apart. We get that call from the doctor that we weren't expecting. And, and we look at God and we say, are these the green pastures you had for me? Really, God, are these the still waters? What are you doing, God? We start to ask and we wonder, is this what he has in store for me? 
And the answer is yes. Because God knows what he is doing. God is in the business of answering your prayers the way that you would want them answered if you knew what he knew. He knows what he is doing, and he is leading you in places that will make you righteous. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Who was it that walked in paths of righteousness? It was Jesus. Who, was it, who is it that leads us in paths of righteousness? It's Jesus. In knowing him, in following him, in being led by him, we can find rest even in the midst of situations that feel like, like God is out to get us. That feel like he is not leading us in good places because he knows what he is doing. And if you believe in a God who knows what he is doing, you can rest. You can rest. You want a good shepherd because you desperately want rest from your guilt and your shame and your anxiety and your fear and the places where life has left you disappointed. And you can go any number of places to forget, to sweep it under the rug, to pretend like it never existed, but you will never find rest until you come into the fold of Christ and and at his feet you can rest. This is where we find rest. So we want a God who leads us. We want a God who knows us. And finally, we want a God who protects us. I mean, the good shepherd protects us, and that's, that's really what we want, isn't it? We want to feel safe. We want to be able to go through this life in peace, looking to God as our rock and, and hoping for heaven. Verse four, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The reality of this world is that it is not safe. And you, all you have to do is turn on the news uh, to realize that that's true. Even this week, we can turn on the news and see conflict coming, uh, coming again in Iraq or the conflict that's happened in the Ukraine or in Syria or all over the world. All of these bad things are happening. But for some of you, you don't even have to flip on the news to see that this world is not how it's supposed to be. For some of us, you just have to roll over in bed in the morning and, and see the empty place where you've been abandoned. Walk out into the living room and see the children that you've disappointed, to go to work and, and see the co-workers that you can't get along with and that you don't love the way you should. And you realize that this world is not safe and this world is not how it was meant to be and you need a God to protect you. you know, over the past 18 months, uh, I have uh, with other people grieved 
the death of three children that have all died under the age of one. And you don't see the brokenness of the world any clearer than going to a funeral for a child. And, and the last service that I attended, the, the father stood at the front of the church talking about his son Luke. And he retold the story of going to a, a routine doctor's appointment. And at the ultrasound, the doctor said that Luke would not survive out of the wind. And that before he was even born, they would need to begin uh, grieving his death. And over the next three months, that's exactly what they did until uh, he, was, he was born in April. And his father continued telling the story of Luke's 24 minutes of life out of the womb, uh, holding on to his, his father's finger as he breathed his last breath. And then he quoted this psalm. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, walk? Really, God, you want me to walk? He said, all I wanted to do was run. If God would have let me run through this, I think I could have made it on my own. I could have powered through. I maybe could have ignored uh, some of what was happening. I could have distracted myself. I could have run through it, but walk? He said, over the last three months, as I have prepared for my son to be born and pass, I've experienced for the first time fearing no evil. And the the comfort of a father and and the peace of a God who knows what he's doing. And he said, because God made me walk quite literally through the valley of the shadow of death, I've never felt closer to God today than ever before. He has led me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He has brought me to a place of humble dependence on God. He has protected me from uh, many of the evils of this world, even as evil was happening to my family. When you feel like life is crumbling around you, Jesus is with you. These are real promises for you today doesn't matter what it is you're, you're going through, Jesus promises that he is strong enough to protect you. His rod and his staff bring real comfort. Jesus is not some scrawny man that we see in these pictures that can do nothing to help. He doesn't just know you and want to lead you, but is unable to protect you. He is strong, he is mighty, he is powerful, and he will do something about it. And on the last day, everything wrong will come untrue, and you will be with the Lord forever if you know him. So often we say, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm worried, but I can handle it. But instead we should say, I have a good shepherd who knows me, who leads me, who protects me. He can handle it. He can handle the problems that life throws at me. 
because he is the king. I don't know if, if you know this about me, but uh, I grew up in a family of rednecks. And I know that I grew up in a family of rednecks because every year uh, we'd have a family reunion in Ida, Oklahoma. And my cousins would go skunk hunting the first night of our family reunion. And they would come back uh, in the morning after a night of skunk hunting with a pickup truck full of pellets. Uh, I also know that I grew up in a family of rednecks because I'm the only one in my family that likes to wear sleeves. But there's a story that uh, has circulated through our family uh, for a while about my uncle Jed. That's actually his name. He's not a Beverly Hillbilly. Um, He's an Oklahoma Hillbilly. And my uncle Jed, when he was 10 years old, uh, was... He was a small kid, grew up uh, on a cattle ranch in Oklahoma, and uh, would take the bus to school with all the other kids. And when he was 10 years old, uh, he was riding the bus to school, just like every other morning. And some of his other classmates started to pick on him uh, and push him around and call him names and make fun of him, do all the things that, that young boys shouldn't do. And uh, that particular morning, Jed's older brother, Burl, was at the back of the bus. And as the boys uh, were picking on Jed and pushing him around, uh, my uncle Burl, who is uh, still to this day a a tall, large man, and was a tall, large sixth grader, came towering over these other boys, and he said, I'll give you a ten-second head start, and then you're mine. And he did exactly that. He gave the boys that were bullying his younger brother a 10-second head start, and then he caught up to them, and he did what a good brother does, right? He protected his younger brother. And from that day forward, no one ever messed with my Uncle Jed again. And again, it wasn't because my Uncle Jed grew or became stronger or was, was any more uh, competent or, or able to protect himself than the day that he was picked on. It's because he had an older brother who protected him. The Bible says that Jesus is our older brother. And because he knows us and leads us and protects us, we can feel safe. We can rest in this life. We can know that at times things don't go the way that we want but we can rest. What is it that you're not willing to let Jesus take care of in your life? Money? Stress? Deep sin? Anxiety? Fear? Relationships? Do you think Jesus doesn't understand? Do you think he doesn't care? Do you think he's not able to do anything about it? Psalm 23 tells us that this could not be further from the truth. So why do you want a good shepherd? Because you need someone who knows you, who knows you deeply enough to know what you need, who loves you enough to lead you, and who is strong enough to protect you. That is why you need a good shepherd.